Amen. Please be seated. A little bit loud there. Hope you can all hear. Glad that you're here today. A couple weeks ago, we started the summer with a, a message entitled, Enjoy Summer. And we talked a lot about taking breaks and not just doing the same thing all the time. And I, I really was sort of amazed by the response I received from that message. The amount of people who said, you know, I really need to learn to take some breaks. In fact, Greg Glenn gave me the following quotation I thought said so much. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including us. If you're not very mechanically oriented, that's about as far as I go, okay? You just unplug it, wait a few minutes and think it's going to work. And I like what Greg's saying there. Is in our own lives, guys, when we unplug from the hectic pace of life that we live, it does something good for us. And today, we're going to take it a step further. And I'm going to challenge you about some things that, I'll just be honest, I'm not real good at. And some things we need to all hear about. But I feel pretty good about it. I mean, you know, Dan Burgess has already called you out. I mean, how many times has Dan Burgess called somebody out? I'm just sort of, you know, making it through the welcome. And all of a sudden Dan says, I'm going to call you guys out. I've never heard Dan call somebody out. So, hey, whatever I say is going to be mild compared to Dan, right? All right. So let's jump in. What's our problem? Our problem is restlessness. Because we live in a culture where there's just constant motion. I like the little girl who's asked, what are you going to be when you grow up? And she said, tired. <laughs> That's a pretty good answer, isn't it? Because we feel like we're almost on this treadmill of life that we can't get off. And because of that, we, we lack rest and we become restless. And we live in a culture that says, for you to be happy, you've got to have more and more and more. Now, we're not the first. I mean, the wise man said this, all things are wearisome. More than one can say. Listen closely. The eye has never seen enough, nor the ears ever its fill of hearing. I can never get quite enough. A man not quite so wise put it this way. I can't get no what? Satisfaction, all right? And that's the way life is. With all the things we crave, all the things we go after, they will never satisfy our soul. And because of this restlessness and this endless pursuit of more things and more money and more houses and more apps, we, we don't get to this place of rest. And we have a crisis in our country of emotional, mental, and spiritual health. We all know that. Now, what's God's solution? That's what we're going to pay close. God's solution is for us to rest in Him. To rest in Him. It's not just rest. It's not just taking a break. It's that you need to deliberately rest in Him. The fourth century theologian and philosopher Augustine put it this way. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. Because you're always going to be restless. I'm going to always be restless until I learn how to rest in God. Now, the Bible has a word for this. The word for this is Sabbath. Sabbath is not a real complicated word. Uh, literally, I can give you two sort of shades of meaning. Literally, first of all, it simply means to stop. It just means to cease. Just stop. Just stop. 
And it has the idea with it, not only of to stop, but it also has the idea of delight. Stop and celebrate. Stop long enough to celebrate the good things that are going on around you. Now, if I can be honest with you, when we get to this idea of Sabbath, I believe for most of my life that Sabbath was simply, an, you know, a Ten Commandment principle, okay? And, and that, you know, as, as I was taught, nine of the Ten Commandments came over to the New Testament. But the one that didn't, so we don't have to take a Sabbath break, was remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That's not a part of our repertoire. Repertoire. What? How did I say that? <laughs> repertoire. Thank you. A little, I need a Sabbath. Okay, we, it's, um, it's, it's not part of it. But guys, listen to me. The idea of Sabbath started way before the old law. It, it was ingrained in creation. Listen to Genesis chapter 2, what happened on the seventh day. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. Here's God. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Y'all think God was tired? No. But God knew there needed to be a rhythm in the universe that he would set for us. And listen to verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day. He made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating he had done. He rests. And he makes it holy. What does it mean to be holy? It means to set it apart. To set it apart for God. We talk about the holy temple. That was a place. Sabbath is a time. Sabbath is a space that we set aside for God. So God built a rhythm into the creation. And and again, that rhythm is meant for us. And here's what I want to say to you and I. If that rhythm is built into the universe, when I try to live my life against it, I'm going against the grain of God. And what do you do when you go against the grain? You get a lot of splinters, right? And I'm afraid, guys, a lot of us have a lot of splinters in our life because we have neglected this teaching. Well, let's keep going. There's another passage before the old law where God's people... We're able to celebrate the Sabbath. Exodus chapter 16, they're wandering in the wilderness. You remember the time where God, they complain about the food. God begins to give them manna and God begins to give them quail. And this is what he said to them, Exodus 16, 23. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow's to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. God said, I don't want you out gathering on this next day. I want you to have enough. So again, I hope you see the point. Sabbath has been going on for a long time. And then when we get to the giving of the law, we see it pop up twice because the law is given twice in Scripture. I don't know if you recognize that. First of all, in Exodus chapter 20, you remember when Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, he's given the law. And here's one of the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you will labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath to your Lord, your God. On it you shall do, you shall not do any work. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all this in them, but, on this, but he rested on the seventh day. 
Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Interesting. So God says, this, this is the way I expect you to behave. Now, that's the first time the law is given on Mount Sinai. The law is given again over in Deuteronomy. Now, where is it given this time? It's given as they are entering the promised land. It's like they've gone through these 40 years. There needs to be some repetition here. They need to be reminded of what God has said. So look at Deuteronomy 5 verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Okay, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Now, listen to verse 15. Because the second time the law is given, he gives a different meaning to the Sabbath. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Okay, earlier when he first gives the Sabbath command, it's about remembering God's creation. Here, it's about remembering God's salvation. So creation, uh, Sabbath is a day where we celebrate the incredible creation of God and we celebrate the salvation that's found us. So if we keep looking at this history, we get to Jesus. And when Jesus walks on this earth, the Sabbath has been all messed up. And no longer is it really, really, really a day of rest. It's a day of stress. Absolute stress. Because the Pharisees had come on, and again, they're wanting to make sure they're obedient. Their, their motives are pure. They want to obey the Sabbath. But in order to do that, they build all these hedges of protection. In fact, they come up with 1,517 rules for the Sabbath. So by the time Jesus hits the scene, he stays in trouble. He keeps the Sabbath, but he doesn't keep their rules, and they don't like it. And then Jesus said in Mark 2, 27, one of the most profound things in all Scripture. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You see, God's intention from the beginning was that a Sabbath rest was a gift from him. It's something for us to be excited about, something for you to look forward to because it refreshes you. it's, It's like someone giving you the gift of ice cream and not being excited. I mean, it's a gift and joy. By the time Jesus comes on the scene, the Sabbath is not a gift and joy. It's a hassle to be scared of. Because who knows when you break one of those 1,517 rules and you've blown it. And so Jesus comes along with this profound statement. The Sabbath was made for you. It was a gift from God. He made it to bless you. It's not you made for the Sabbath. Now, when Jesus is walking on the earth, they need to hear the second part of that. Not man for the Sabbath. Now, today, we need to hear the first part of Jesus' words. And that was the Sabbath principle is a gift from God to bless us. They go over to Hebrews chapter 4, where it's mentioned again. And I'll be honest, I missed this for a long time. Because I thought the Sabbath talked about in Hebrews 4 was heaven. 
Oh, okay, we don't have to deal with it here, but when heaven comes, then we're going to have our Sabbath rest. That's not really what he says. His emphasis in Hebrews chapter 4 is on this is a gift for you today. What's the context of Hebrews chapter 4? You've got a bunch of young Jewish Christians who are slowly slipping away from God. They're, they're, they're starting to skip church. They're not being observant of God's commands. They're being disobedient. They're full of unbelief. And he's worried about them. And so he writes them in Hebrews chapter 4 and says, let me give you an example of what you don't want to do. You, you don't want to be like God's people who wandered in the wilderness and forgot about God. You want to be obedient. You want to be full of belief. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. His concern is that they miss out on the Sabbath. That they fall short. And then if you read the text, he goes into how, you know, God's people were to enter the promised land. That represented Sabbath, rest, but they couldn't enter it because they didn't really believe. And he says, guys, I don't want to see you keep going down that road because you're going to miss the best that God has for you. Then go down to verse 9. He says this, therefore, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Therefore, let us make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. He says, God, there's this example of these folks who missed out on it. I don't want you to miss out on it. This is an incredible gift from God. And if you read the verses in between what I read, he says, today, 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 this is a gift for today. So let's review this for a moment. The principle of Sabbath. Here's what I want you to understand. First of all, you need to understand God is pro-work. God, God is not looking for a bunch of spiritual goof-offs. God wants, God, one of the gifts God gave us is work. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, God says, if a man won't work, neither should he what? Eat. Don't, don't take away from this that God doesn't want you to work. God is pro-work. God is also pro-rest. How do you put those two things together, buddy? God is pro-rhythm. He wants there to be a rhythm between work and rest in your life. And it's to our detriment when we don't have it. I can remember um, probably over a decade ago, I, I got tired of hearing myself say, I'm just so busy. Anybody would say anything, I'm just so busy, I'm just so busy. You doing okay, buddy? I'm just too busy. Too. And finally, I had this revelation. Stop complaining about it. You've been busy your whole life. That's the way you like to live life. You're busy. Get over it. That's okay. And guys, there's no problem with you being busy. No problem with me being busy. Except if there's not a rhythm of breaks. And that's why the Sabbath was first of all given as a law in the Old Testament and second of all given as a principle to live by from the creation through the New Testament. God wants you to live in rhythm. So what is the practice of Sabbath? It's an easy way to talk about it. One day a week, take a break from work to focus on rest and worship. It's a day to focus on rest and worship. 
Now, now listen, this is where I get confused. It's not the same thing as a day off. It's not the same thing as a day just to run errands. I don't know about you, but on my day off, I love to run errands. There's just something about it that refreshes. But that, that's not exactly what he's talking about here. It's a day to be able to stop, cease, slow down, enjoy nature, enjoy God. It's not that you got to be singing a worship song all day, but it's the things, it might be people, it might be nature, it may scripture, prayer. It's to, to drink deeply of the things that connect you with God. That's what Sabbath is all about. There's not some legalistic day for it any longer. It's simply a time to say, you know what? I'm not going to keep on working at this pace. No, I love that. I need that. You need that. I love that as a church. You know, some of you noticed in the video announcements earlier that we're taking basically a complete small group break for the month of July. And, and, and some people complain to me about that, not in any bad way, but like, why, why do we take these breaks? I mean, you know, when I grew up in church, we never took breaks. Well, I understand that, and I'll miss it, to be quite frank with you. But we found out that, guys, everybody needs breaks. All of our children's ministry on Wednesday night, we're giving them a good break. You know how hard that is? All of our leaders of our ABC groups and life groups, you think they don't need a break sometime? And so one thing I love about the commitment of this church is we're never going to do things just to do them. You know, we're never just going to, you got to meet every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. We just, that's just tradition, so we're going to, no, no, no. If, if it's not going to serve a purpose, or if there's a point we need to take a Sabbath break, we're going to be willing to do it. Now, here's the problem is you and I have got to be mature enough to handle it. Because what happens when we take a break like this is many of us go, well, I'm not just taking a month break, I'm taking the next five years. And so we got to be mature enough to handle it. But I love being a part of a church that says, you know, we want to give our people a break to go spend individual time with God, to go celebrate their family. It's just that very important. So what is the power of Sabbath? First of all, it's for renewal. The curse of modern life is we don't have any time for reflection and renewal. We speed through life, and I never slow down to go, is that really the way I want to live? Is that really the best priorities for my life? So it's a time of renewal. You know, there's surveys always done of Americans of who are the happiest Americans. Always near the top of the list, this may surprise you, are Seventh-day Adventists. They are the church that still legalistically keeps Sabbath. And I'm not saying that's what we ought to do. I don't think it's a legalistic. But because they do it, their level of happiness is much better. So we, we need this time for renewal. It's like sleep. Your body must have time to recover. What we must understand is that your mind and your soul needs time to recover. 
I can remember when I was struggling bad with depression, a counselor said to me, the problem is we're living our lives at a pace that our bodies were not meant to live. We're wearing our bodies and even our brains out. That's why God says, let me give you permission to take a break, take rest, to be renewed. And the second, it gives you energy. This is pretty interesting. Soviet Union was never committed to the seven-day God week. So they decided they could get more work out of their people if they went from a seven-day week to a 10-day week. So the Soviet Union at one point completely changed the calendar. And so everybody's working at least nine out of 10 days. Guess what happened? Productivity went down. Anxiety, depression, and suicide went up. So even the Soviet Union, the atheist Soviet Union, had to go back to God's seven-day plan. Because we need that time for energy. Because when we've had it, we return more productive. Now, many of you know that starting next week, I'm having a a one-month sabbatical. And for most of us, that's a rather new concept. And I feel very blessed that I'm about to be able to take that. Now, let me just give you a definition of sabbatical. It's an extended period of rest from one's customary schedule and work, especially for rest and to acquire new knowledge and skills. That's why a lot of professions give sabbaticals. Probably most popular would be university professors. They actually, most sabbaticals for university professors last between two months to a year. Why? Because they want them to step back from their work enough to research, to learn, to rest, to be revived. And I want you to know that that's what I'm seeking to do over this next month. I want this time to be a time for me to be able to spend time with God without thinking about the next sermon. You don't live under this. But when you're a preacher, the moment I step away from here today, I got to think about next week. And no matter how good this was, and boy, hadn't this been good, excuse me. No, <laughs> no matter how good this was, when I walk out of here, I go, oh my goodness, I got to do it next week. And so my study time, my prayer time, most of my time is focused on what's happening. That's what I'm excited about, is to be to back up and to be to read the word without preparing for summer ser- sermon. <laughs> read the word and, and, and study and go deeper and think of, of new concepts and new things I need to look in. Now, let me make this plain to you because many of you are blowing this. This is not a vacation. <laughs> Some of you keep on walking to me in the lobby and say, hey, when's your vacation started? <laughs> and I'm sure you're going to do it especially today, all right? But a sabbatical is not to be a vacation. It's to be a break for you to go out from under pressure to seek God, to study. And for me, one thing is to prepare what I want to preach over the next couple of years. And guys, I'll just be really transparent with you for a moment. When I talked with this to the elders, guys, I just told them I needed it. And, and you may not relate to it, but COVID was a rough time for preachers. I know a lot of my contemporaries who quit. The crazy politics of this day is a tough time to be in church leadership. If you want to remember, I don't really want to remember this, but the whole mass controversy is enough to make you want to quit. That's the ugliest I've ever seen people be in church. And on top of that, 
You probably don't want to hear this either. We made a transition to have an instrumental music service to reach more people. And personally, that's not easy. I mean, that, that, that bore on me because I love every one of you. And it kills me anytime anybody leaves this church. And so I, what I said to the shepherds is, after all that, I just, I just need a break. I need a break to recover. I need a break to study. I need a break to pray. And, and to be frank with you, I've taken one sabbatical in 25 years. 15 years ago, the elders gave me one. It was great. And I tell you, I came back with these two words being very true. I was renewed and I was energized. And so I, I would just say to you today, I feel very blessed and very thankful to be able to do this. I know many of you in your work, you can't do this. And, and, and I know that, that's probably not smart on your employers. But I'm very, very thankful for this opportunity. And that's the way I want to use it. Now, well, what else does this rest do? It's a safeguard. It's a safeguard to not work too hard. It's a safeguard to not get your identity from your work. Guys, listen to me. My problem is I love what I do. I want to do this for many, many more years. But you can love it too much that your identity begins to be from what you do. That's why we become workaholics. And then finally, it's a time to trust. It's a time to say, you know what? The world, the universe, and the church is going to be way okay without me. That hurts my feelings. But it's going to be okay without me. This is about God. It's like, it's like giving your offering or giving your tithing. From a, a worldly standpoint, it makes no sense unless you trust God. And you believe if I give generously, God's going to bless me generously. I can do without at least 10% of my income. Doesn't make any sense. But I trust God. And when it comes to your time, that's what sabbatical is about. It's about me resting in the fact that God is sufficient. So we're going to practice sabbatical right now, okay? We're going to take a sabbatical, a Sabbath break right now. Because, guys, that's what I think communion's all about, all right? You say, what are you, what are you talking about? Communion is the time where you and I rest in the work of God. One thing I love about churches of Christ is that we practice the discipline of communion every Sunday. Now, something that's a temptation to us in churches of Christ is that I spend communion getting down on myself about what I didn't do or should have done. Or even this really uptight, am I taking communion correctly, you know? Because the focus was, we're going to be the folks who do everything so correct. And so what happened is, in my estimation, maybe you didn't experience this, but communion became not a place of rest, but of stress. Have I done enough? Have I been enough? Have I accomplished enough? Because communion is the time where we rest in the work of Jesus. Communion's a time where you don't have to confess that you hadn't been enough. You hadn't been enough. I hadn't been enough. Communion's a time where I go, you know what? The reason I can be secure, the reason I can rest is because Jesus has done all the work. So I want to prepare us for communion for a second, all right? First of all, I want you just to take a deep breath, okay? Everybody just, just take a deep breath together. Just blow it out. 
I guarantee if you're like me, you've probably had a stressful week. Just, just, just take a deep breath. Slow down because right now we're just about to rest in Jesus. And right now what I'd like to call upon you to do is I want you to close your eyes. I want you everybody to just close your eyes. I want you to listen to these two scriptures, okay? Everybody's eyes closed. Ephesians 2, 8. For you are saved by grace through faith. It's not of yourself, lest any man can boast. The reason that you're saved right now is because of the work of Jesus. The reason you can rest in this moment is that we're connecting with what Jesus has done for us. Then listen to this passage. We all need to hear this one. Matthew 11. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many times do we feel like the burden's heavy? Jesus said, you can rest in me and the burden can be light. So the next few moments, we're going to remember what Jesus did. We're going to rest in it. We're going to praise him for how good he's been for us. Let me pray. Father, God, I just pray, first of all, you'll just help all of us to understand this principle of, of Sabbath, Lord. And God, for us to practice it right now in this service. Lord, I think about the words of Jesus on the cross, his final words, it is finished. Forgive us for thinking we have to finish it. The work's been finished. Our salvation has been secured. Help us as we remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to rest in you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a, a verse uh, that you might have missed as we were reading through all those passages that on surface seems almost contradictory to everything I've said. Back in Hebrews chapter 4 when he says, you need to make sure you don't miss this rest. At the end of the passage in verse 11, look what he says. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. So that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. He said, there's something we got to make an effort for. How do you put this together? What he's saying is, guys, the rest is available. But just like God's people then, you've got to be self-disciplined enough to put yourself in that rest. That's one thing I love about weekly communion. As a church, we've said... You don't have to think about whether we're doing communion or not. This is a discipline we do every week. And guys, when it comes to your weekly schedule, to practice this, you're going to, and I'm going to have to find where we put it. Years ago, when Christians observed Sunday is the Lord's Day, and businesses and restaurants were closed, it was a really easy time to practice this. Now it's not so easy. So you and I are going to have to look at our schedule, and we're going to have to look and see 
where can I take this break? It may start, may not be a whole day. It may start with four or five hours. But where can I take the break to just be restored in God? To rest and to worship. And that's why he says you got to make an effort. Because without the effort, as much as God wants you to have it, as much as God's provided for you, you've got to put yourself in that place. So I want to ask you a question this morning as we close. Are you tired? Are you restless? In just a moment, we're going to have a prayer time. In fact, right now, I'd like to invite all of our shepherds and their wives and all of our uh, ministers and their, their spouses, any of them that are here, to please come surround the stage. Just surround the stage. Because we're going to give you an opportunity without having to write a confession out just to come before the church and say, Whew, I'm tired. I'm restless. Some of us probably need to say, I have violated this almost every week of my life. I, I know personally, for me, to enter this sabbatical, I, I'll be frank with you, it's, it's something that scares me a little bit because I'm not good at it. And sometimes I get all by myself and I get all goofed up. And so, you know, I need prayers to be at a distance. So this morning, as, as we sing this next song, if you find yourself in this position where, where you're tired and there's just this churning of restlessness, just come before one of these people and please give them your name. They probably know it, but they need to hear it again. Just give them your name and tell them what you need prayers about. And let's pray for each other. Let's make every effort to enter this rest. God has given us an incredible gift. It's sort of funny if you think about it. This is the one of the Ten Commandments that not only do we violate, but we brag about violating. Man, I worked the last 20 days in a row. I never take all my vacation. I ne- That's not good. You're going against the grain of how God created the earth and you got a lot of splinters in you right now because you violated a principle that was ingrained in creation. And so today, if you feel that, what I don't want to do, what I can't do is is walk out of here and, and not make some changes. And so if, if you need someone to pray with you about that, or if you want to write out a card for me to read to the church, meet me down here. Or if today you want to be baptized and enter the rest of God, then meet us down here. So let's stand and let's pray together over these next few moments and sing.